Welcome to the spring game pregame show presented by the Sons of Saturday. We are here live from Sharky's streaming online. My name is Pete. Some of you guys might know me from Twitter. Some of you guys might know me as the co-host of the Too Deep podcast. But if you don't know me, we got some special fellas up here to help me out today. What we are trying to do is bring together some of the independent voices that cover Virginia Tech athletics, get different perspectives, and that's what this show is going to be all about. So I'm proud to introduce Brian and JT from the Boundary Corner podcast. What up, what up? We got Dan from the Tales of the Terror Dome podcast. Yeah. And you all know my last guest, former Virginia Tech offensive lineman and founder, one of the founding members of Sons of Saturday, Billy Ray Mitchell. His, Thank you, Pete, for putting this together. His <laughs> introduction was way better than mine. And we start over. <laughs> well, listen, last night was awesome. We were at the Spring Jam. Uh, the Suns put that event on over at McLean's on First and Main. And I had a blast. I, I, do you guys have any reflections on the night? How was it? Go, Dan. Man, that, that shit was like a blur. But it was a great time. Billy, Pat, everybody with Sons of Saturday put on a hell of an event, you know. Dan Marshall did his thing. David Wilson was there. The who's who of Hokie Twitter was in the building, so it was a good time, man. I had a good time. There's a lot of uh, Southside Virginia connections there with the Edmonds there. Had David Wilson there. So being a Halifax native, that was big for me, getting to hang out with those guys. And, again, appreciate to uh, Billy and uh, Pat for putting that on. It was pretty, pretty fun. Hell, yeah. It was uh... – I knew it was going to be a good day when I walked into Sharky's at 4 p.m. yesterday and saw Cam Chancellor sitting at the bar. I was like, okay, this is, this is good. The, all the former players were out. It was, it was awesome. So, again, the Suns are doing work. We talked about on our podcast a couple weeks ago how they, they put some players on their platform and stuff, and I'm, I'm not trying to hype Billy up too much, but uh, you're, this weekend you guys are you're doing your thing, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, I think uh, the athletic department's done such a good job of encouraging folks to come back for, the, um, for those to come. Golf event, our buddy Bryce Chalkley does a phenomenal job at that. And really, you just want to make sure that everybody gets to meet everybody. Because a lot of these players, you think they know each other. Uh, it was Michael Brewer's first time back to school since pre-COVID. And he came back and he was able to meet, uh, hang out with Sean Glennon again for the first time since he was at school here. So not just the opportunity to come back, but the opportunity for folks that played in the 2000s, 2010s, 2020s, back in the 90s, to all get to meet each other and create those relationships is really important. Um, and to me, the spring weekend is a little bit underrated. Is it the best weekend in Blacksburg if you don't go to school here? Because you get to see everybody who cares about going to the spring game without having to deal with 60,000, 70,000 people being here, and you can't get into a bar, you can't go anywhere. So weather's been great. Everybody's back in town. Um, and it went great. I appreciate everybody that showed out and everybody who made it possible. So we finally got the uh, spring game format yesterday. And in years past, sometimes it's been more of almost drills than a real game. But Pry told us that we're going to have even teams today for the game. Um, last year, they split up the teams, and one of the teams wasn't very good. So hopefully it's a little bit better this year. One uh, of the teams was sorry. <laughs> what, what do you guys think about today's game? Are you like – do you expect to see something fun, or are you just going to? to I just need to. I just need to see somebody do something exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's a spring game. You got people playing in a lot of different positions, moving around all spring. I just need to see somebody like, I don't know, knock somebody's helmet off, run for a fifty-yard touchdown, do something. I don't need to see somebody, a certain number, throw five picks. <laughs> or if he does throw five picks, we can kill the quarterback controversy. Yeah, well, that's that's a good thing. I, you brought that up because I want to transition into some of the p 
position battles we're watching. And some of the positions, especially on defense, kind of seem clear-cut. But offensively and other places on the field, it's not so clear. So what, what in particular position battles, Brian, are you looking at today? Uh, to me, I'm looking at who's going to fill in in that right guard spot. Um, you know, we've seen you know word of Jesse Hansen working in there. We've seen a couple other guys working in there. Uh, I'm looking at that spot, and obviously a quarterback is top of the list, trying to see how that's going to play out. I think we all know it's going to carry over into the fall, but I feel like this is kind of the, kind of the first time that we're going to get to see them out there. This is, this is where the competition really starts. Yeah, and I, I want to ask you guys about drones and wells. That's obviously the, the thing that most people the are wondering. The buzzword of <laughs> the last three weeks or four weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, I, I, wells can be triggering, right? Some people, they, they never want to see them throw another pass for Virginia Tech. I, I got PTSD. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in that camp. I, I think that he struggled mightily. I don't think the coaches did him any favors. I don't think the talent did him any favors. When we start this season, though, uh, Dan, who do you think is going to be QB1 week one? I know it's a little hard to project, but I need you to give me some kind of thought process on that. I mean, honestly, I think it'll be drones because I don't think Ollie Jennings came here to play with Grant Wells, to be honest. I don't think that's what sold him on Tech. But I went to Marshall. I had a little soft spot for Grant, but after last year, I just don't think – I don't know, man. I think I saw enough, but I'm like, eh. I mean, I, we got better playmakers this year that will get separation. But I still, like – I think it's – Kyron Drones is the guy. He needs to be the guy. That's what I need to see. And that's what I'm hoping to see today. Yeah. I, you know, like, at least some competitiveness at the quarterback position because last spring game it was kind of clear that that Jason Brown, no offense, great dude, wasn't going to cut it. You know, he wasn't going to push Grant Wells. So, yeah, and with Wells, like, he could be better this year. He could develop in the offseason, and, and maybe the Bowen switch will help him and the new offensive line will help him and the wide receivers, as you mentioned. But up, when we get into fall camp, I'm thinking it's going to be drones is going to make that push. Like, it's not happening right now because Wells has played a lot more football than Chiron Drones. But you're right. We have these wide receivers, and we have basically two guys that came in, Jalen Lane and Ali Jennings. Those are the two big names. But beyond that, for, for Grant or Drones, who's going to be that three, four, five receiver? Because he needs more than just the – the two. I believe that those two guys will be out there despite Andy Bitter's depth chart. I think Lane and Jennings will be out there. Tally? Well, it's good that, you know, he put that depth chart out and y'all freaking lost your minds in the spring, in the middle of the spring when Andy Bitter put it out. But, I mean, I'm glad that he put it out because it gives you just a different look to show you that you have so many wide receivers that are pushing for playing time. So, um, you know, Holloway, Gosnell, I'd like to see all of those. Uh, Moss, as well as the transfers that come in, like I think there's a spot for everybody to get some burn. I mean, last year we had throw it up and hope Caleb Smith gets it. You know what I mean? That was our offense last year. I've been encouraged by the stuff I'm hearing about Gosnell and Moss, but last year we heard a lot about Dwayne Lofton, right. and now and that didn't work out, right? Like we he didn't do a whole lot. I mean, there was a few touchdowns here and there, uh, a couple drop passes that were important here and there, so. It's hard to believe right, right now with right. Moss and the Gosnell hype. Holloway, we saw him do some stuff last right, year. Right. So that that encourages me. So if, if Brian, you got to pick a what, number three receiver. Who's it going to be? Give me Felton. Felton? You think it's going to be Felton? I haven't heard much about Felton this spring. You know, looking at him, his body type, I feel like he kind of 
does a little bit of what Caleb Smith did for us last year, bigger body type. Um, I think he's going to be a red zone threat, and I feel like he's going to be a good complement to what Ollie Jennings brings on the other side there and then what Lane can do in the slot. Yeah. So that, that, that's my big thing is that I feel like it's a good complement for that three-receiver set. Well, we got a bunch of big guys up here, so I kind of wanted to talk about offensive line. And you mentioned Jesse Hansen <laughs> moving we over. We can't block. None of us can a block. Lot of meat, a lot of meat at this table is what Pete's saying. <laughs> but we got, I mean, Billy played offensive line. Brian, you played a little offensive line. And so, like, your perspective, like, last year the offensive line was so bad. It was one of the reasons Grant Beautiful. Wells struggled so much. So what do you think went wrong? And – do you think this new uh, O-line coach hire will actually help out this year? And, Billy, I'll, I'll turn to you first. Yeah, I think um, a couple of things happened. I think going into the year, we knew that that unit wasn't going to be fantastic. It wasn't going to be fantastic. Um, and a lot, Coach Rudolph came in with a lot of hype. And my personal opinion on Coach Rudolph is he, had, he was here for a year. He did a tremendous job at his previous school, which he was at for 10 or 15 years. So to go ahead and watch this one year where we openly were saying – that everybody involved in the program, whether it was coaches, players, everybody else, everything was changing, people were learning on the fly, and you're expecting to see a dramatic improvement over a short period of time, it's not gonna work that way. So it's not as much about who is it gonna be that we're able to roll out there. I would say that guard spot is probably my biggest concern. I know going into it, it was the center spot. Um, but can the unit play together well, and is the offensive, coaching staff all going to be on the same page because it seems like Bowen and Coach Rudolph had a little bit of schematical differences um, and we're just going to have to see what happens and that's why I really think Grant Wells has been kind of the target that we've placed on okay our offense was our offense struggled last year Grant Wells struggled but so did absolutely everybody on the field um, and with the roster thing and everything else, it's very easy to see Ollie Jennings, some of these transfers play at their previous school and expect, oh, that is the production that we are going to get at Virginia Tech. And it's also easy to go back and watch Virginia Tech games last year and say, oh, well, this guy sucks, or this guy's good, or this guy's bad. I don't know what it's going to look like. The spring game is going to give you a little bit of an, uh, get, get them to get out there and play. They're going to run about six to ten different plays, so you're not, you're not going to get a real good look at the scheme, but... Based upon who plays in that first quarter and about midway through the second quarter, those are the guys that are probably we're looking to give an opportunity to. And then second half, you get a chance to see all the young guys and who might be a bright star in a couple of years. Well, on offensive line, like you, you mentioned about Joe Rudolph and it didn't go well last year. It, it was more than not good. It was, it was one of the worst offensive lines we've probably Blue ever band. seen performance-wise. Now, the guys themselves might actually be better. I know Parker Clements was dealing with an injury. The scheme changed week in and week out. At least it seemed that way to me. They, but with Crook coming in, he seems to be running this zone scheme that might be a little easier for these guys to absorb. Can you speak on that a little bit, Brian? Yeah, just so looking at the, the scheme that Crook does, I mean, he ran a lot of the – when he was at Cincinnati – um, that split zone, RPO, uh, very zone-heavy oriented scheme. I mean, and when you think about zone, there's a lot less thinking that, that, that's involved in, in your blocking scheme. So when we look at last year, there was a lot more gap. Rudolph was bringing a lot more gap, a lot more power run. And I think this transition is going to be helpful to – get that offensive line back to the way they were because we were running a heavy zone scheme before and some of these guys that struggled mightily last year had pretty good seasons before that yeah. i mean parker in a limited run um you know back in 2021 looked okay fell off the map last year whether that was injury related or scheme related but 
Um, I think these guys have the capability to step up. It's just going to be, can enough of them do it? Can we get a, a five unit out there that plays the way you want them to? And do we have enough depth in case we get an injury or two down the road? I've been encouraged just by what I'm hearing with the relationship between Crook and the players. It seems like those guys respect each other. Uh, they, they have taken to his coaching, at least the early returns. Dan, have you, have you been hearing that about like him coming in and, and Crook like hitting the ground running? Yeah, I mean, you see the pictures online, right, of him at his former places, and, like, he's in the hoodie with the sleeves rolled up and the shorts, and it's snowing. That's a badass offensive line coach to me. That's, like, offensive line coach 101, right? He looks like one, for sure. (laughs) But I believe him and Tyler Bowen come from the same Moorhead tree, right? So they already have similar views. I think – I haven't heard any complaints, and if there's one thing you're going to hear on Hokie Twitter is some complaints. So if we haven't heard anything about Ron Crook, I think we're doing all right, Pete. Yeah, that's good. You're right. And let's flip over to defense real quick because there's another position that the last few years we haven't seen Saxburg, right? We have not seen a pass rush that we're used to. And particularly now, I'm looking at the depth chart right here. You look at those names on the defensive end spot, it's thin. It's real thin, and there's a former Marshall guy on there, too, and C.J. McCray. How do you tally? How do you think that defensive end is going to play out this year? Because behind McCray and maybe Nelson, there's not a whole lot there. Well, you got a lot of youth on, you know, on defense or on that defensive line, but the main thing is we have some guys with some experience in the middle, so it's more than just this guy's better than that guy, so he's going to sack the quarterback. I mean, you got to have some athleticism at linebacker, so they have to game plan for that. You got to have some experience and size at defensive tackle, which I feel we have. So if you can get a one-on-one, you can get somebody like a C.J. McCray or um, Payne or somebody on the end that possibly can beat that man to the edge or, I don't know, let's bull rush a little bit. Yeah. Let's do some stuff. So. Well, with those three defensive tackles, our vets, Fuga, Kendricks, Pollard, I feel strong about defensive tackle, but will some of those guys maybe move around? Will they stand up some linebackers? Maybe we see Kevonta Jenkins coming off the edge. Or, yeah, you gotta or get. You're gonna have to get a little bit of. I mean, our defense is gonna have to carry us, even though we have more playmakers this year. Our defense is gonna have to carry us, so you're gonna have to get creative. That's why I'm not a coach because I'm. I just like to watch and talk shit. Like, <laughs> well, they got to get creative and bring people from different spots. Well, let, listen, let, we're all, we all run podcasts that are average Joe's just being fans and talking right. about sports. Thanks. So that's right. We we're doing we're talking about what our eyes see, and what right, our eyes right. see is not much of a pass rush coming off the edge. So they got to get a little creative with it this year. But we also lost a linebacker last year in Dax, Dax Hollifield. He's he's gone now, and we need a new Mike. That's a key spot in this defense. And there doesn't seem to be a clear-cut guy that's the guy right now. Who do you think it's going to be? Who wants to – Billy, who's going to be our starting Mike this year? I don't, <laughs> you know Dax I don't have a starting Mike for you, but one different way to kind of think about it is we're really going to be getting a look as if we have a completely new defensive coordinator that's upcoming next year. So as everybody knows, Coach Pry was calling the defense for the entire season up until the Liberty game. And one of the things that was really interesting when we talked to Dax was the team did not know that Coach Marv was calling it until he started calling the plays. So the schematics are going to be a little bit different. And, yes, from the Jimmys and Joes perspective, the defensive end position is something that you kind of have question marks about. The Mike linebacker position is something that we don't know what's going on over there. Defensive back, feel pretty good about defensive back. But I'm interested to see how the defense looks differently from a third and long perspective, 
from a first down perspective, how much pressure are we building? Because I do anticipate uh, while we're running a similar shell of a defense, the calls and the situational things will be completely different because Coach Marv is a different coach. So that's what I'm going to be watching the first couple weeks. I, I hear that for sure. Um, but uh, no, uh, no, but uh, I was trying to pin Billy down, and he and he didn't want to. But we got Tisdale. You can't pin Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we got Tisdale. I don't have a mic for you, man. I'm we sorry. got McDonald. I got you. You know, like Jaden Keller. Yeah, Dan. Who? I mean, from my Jaden Keller, but he's he's, he's not a mic. I think it's right? gonna be or, McDonald. You think it's gonna be McDonald? Pride loves that man. Yeah. Yeah, he, he fawns over that man. Not. He, well, but also. We got a dude from VMI that might be lit. He well, might that, be legit. We don't he's know. He's not here yet. Stone, not here yet. Stone Snyder, the transfer from VMI. He looked like Dex. <laughs> the same person. He's back. Like the middle ADL. linebacker, like ADL. 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 following in those Dax footsteps potentially. But Stone Snyder, I think, is gonna make some major noise when he gets here. But he's not here. So the McDonald brothers, the, you know, we got one at defensive end, we got one at Mike, and Pry loves them both. He he actually said that. I think Jordan, what's the one on the defensive end? They said he might be the most athletic defensive end we have. So we'll see what happens there. But the one at middle linebacker, you're right. It could be him. Tisdale's the veteran, though, and he has been shining lately. At first, he wasn't even out there a bunch of days. I don't know if he had a class thing or something. But Tisdale, obviously, being the veteran, it should probably be him. But I don't know. I think The thing about Tisdale that's kind of misremembered is – a lot of people will be like, oh, he started a couple games here. He did a little bit here. When he started his career in 2019, played really, really well, goes into 2020, gets COVID. And a lot of people don't know this. He lost close to like 30 or 40 pounds during COVID. So he had to reset his entire career. Then the next year after that, last year, he has to sit because of the suspension. I really, really think Which he's a guy. Which was bullshit. I, I agree. I really think that he's a guy that – has just had such tremendous bad luck for the last two to three years and is going to be a major, major contributor this year. But, again, if you just look at his stat sheet, you're like, oh, he started a couple of times. Now he's been through so many different things, and I hope that this is the year that he can come out and shine. So um, I'm, exci- I'm excited to watch him play this year. The one thing to get excited about, kind of to piggyback on what Billy said, is if you talk about the guys that they're talking about putting at the position – what you and no disrespect to Dax, Dax don't kick my ass if you're around here. He wasn't as athletic as some of the guys that they're putting there. So he got put in some bad spots, getting beat to the edge, getting put in some coverages. Some of those guys that they are putting in those spots are a little bit more athletic. So it does allow us to do some different things on defense that we may have not been able to do in the past. That that's a good point. And before we take a quick break here, is there any final thoughts on just the position battles? Dan, you got something? Yeah, I think one thing's for certain that we've learned about Pry is that he's not afraid to switch people around, figure it out, see what works best. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's more shuffling after today, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There's there be- is 100% going to be more shuffling that goes on after today. As you guys know, yes, I was uh, – at a certain point in a spring practice, Billy Ray Mitchell had never taken a meaningful snap. I did play in a couple of games. I went into a spring practice as the one tackle because they roll everybody and want to see how everybody's <laughs> going to react. So for a roster to be tweeted out before a practice, legitimately, it's musical chairs in every single room. Was, so, it, was it irresponsible of Andy to do that? <laughs> it, it, may very, it very well may have been. But it was good fire. Nah, it was good for people to, to talk about. So, yeah, yeah. It worked for him. All right, we're going to take a break. Everyone get a beer. We'll be back in a few minutes. I will. Take a back shot from Jeremy. He's a 
good high fives. We are back with a couple new panelists. We got Pat Finn, one of the other founding members of Sons of Saturday. And then we got Sam of Saturday, Sam Jesse from the Locks of Saturday podcast joining us up here as well. Thank you guys for being up here. Thank you, Pete. We were talking a little bit about the spring game before, and we're going to get back into the positions. But what I want to know from you guys, and someone jump in with the answer to this, we saw a lot of bad play all over the field, offense, defense. What is the position group you need to see improvement from the most either today or going into next year to make you feel better? Offensive line. <laughs> Offensive line. Offensive line, but not just the five starters. You know, you need probably eight or nine guys on the offensive line. I think we saw that last year where second unit of the offensive line really struggled. Hopefully you can see a few extra guys in there to build some depth. Yeah, I, I mean, offensive line's the easy answer. Like, it was, it was very poor. I want to see those wide receivers that came in the transfer yeah, portal, absolutely. like, really improve because if they can't get open, everything works in, in unison, right? You need the QB to throw to the wide receivers. You need the wide receivers to get open so he can catch it. We need to see the QB play improve, but the wide receiver play, if that improves, it's going to make everything easier on offense as well. Is there anything else you want yeah, to see? Yeah, here's my thing, Pete. Uh, you know, getting beat on a play every now and then, that's one thing. That happens. That's football. But the pre-snap penalties that killed drives were crazy. Like, you can't, you can't be, like, you know, fourth and two, and all of a sudden there's a false start and it's fourth and seven, now you've got to punt the ball. You know, like, we need to see the discipline – you be there, like no more pre-snap penalties, very rare. That's just mental. That has nothing to do with ability. So that's we need to sh we need to shore that up, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say the mental side of it was big for me last year. We're looking at the offensive line. Um, they were thinking too much. It looked like they were thinking too much. And when you're thinking as an offensive line, it's gonna be a struggle. You're gonna have bad penalties. You're gonna have complete brain farts when it comes to. Uh, what your assignment is because you're overthinking the process. Yeah. So I'd like to see them get a little more acclimated to this process and just get it going. Less thinking is always good in football, right? Like just get and go, right? Yeah. And that's what the new offensive line coach, Ron Cook, has been talking about is it's, it's maybe not as complicated. I think you spoke to that earlier. And less thinking for some of these kids is a lot better. Last year, we had a breakout player in the spring game. It was really the only thing in the spring game that was kind of fun to watch was Caleb Smith. We all remember him catching a few deep bombs. Sadly, Caleb's no longer with us. Uh, he's alive. He's just on a different <laughs> team. <now. laughs> but Thanks for clarification. Who is, who is going to be this year's Caleb Smith today? Who are we going to see make a long catch, make a, a bone-crushing hit, get an interception? Like Who's that going to be today? Pat, you go first. I want to see Basial Tootin. And yep. I, said, I think I said that correctly. Darn tootin'? Darn, darn tootin'. tootin'. I want to see him darn tootin' all the way to the end zone today. The, N the NIL is there on that one, by the way. We need that. Well, also, guys who have you know, wrote about him when he was in the transfer portal, this is a guy who had offers to Georgia, a bunch of other, UNC. So this is a guy really wanted. Everyone who was talking about his film and all was like, this is not an FCS running back. This is a D1 high-level running back. So to bring him in. That's, I mean, that's basically like bringing in a four-star recruit, right? When you bring in a guy like that, when you bring in a guy like Ollie Jennings, I really like to – Jalen Lane is really Jay interesting. Lane. He tore it up with Middle Tennessee. They run like an air raid system, but he is really fast. He's really good at that slip screen, tunnel screen as a wide receiver, and he's not a guy you have to worry about dropping the ball, missing an assignment. He's been like a three-year starter at Middle Tennessee. 
Uh, he's a guy who can come in and make plays, give Tekken a little extra boost of pace. Yeah, I like Jalen Lane, and they've been talking a lot about how he's had an effect on the locker room. His leadership is good. They like the way he goes about his business. All the, the buzz things that you'll hear about a player. But I haven't necessarily heard him, like, wowing with, with various plays. So he is definitely on my list. He was top 25 in the country in yards per game last year, as was Allie Jennings, who was actually, like, number three in the country in yards per game, which is absurd. I want to see both those guys go off. You mentioned Tootin coming from FCS. How easy do you think that transition – for some positions, they come from FCS. If it's an offensive lineman, I feel like that's a hard transition. Running back, it should be easier in my mind. Do you think that's true? I would assume so with running back. Uh, offensive line, I think the biggest difference is the size. But with running back, it, with his skill set, make guys miss at the second level, quick burst – those are things that are going to translate. So, and he's know. a he's a not a big back, but he's a he's a stout runner, kind of like almost like a Lee Suggs build. Like he's solid, and so that's something we've been lacking. Malachi's slight, Keyshawn King was slight. I, I want to have a guy with some punch. Yeah, I went to open practice and nobody was taking that man down. And I think <laughs> the whole FCS to D one like FBS transfer thing i think it depends because there's a whole lot of reasons why people end up at fcs right it could be grades could be the scheme that your offense ran in high school wasn't like correct fit for you to showcase your talent so you didn't get recruited so i think it really just depends but i, I tutin is going to be the man in my opinion yes yeah, so is that who you think is no. going to have a caleb smith day no today? because in the spirit of caleb smith he was a guy that came in he was here for three years people were like oh man he's our wide receiver one people doubted him and then he broke out so i think is going to be Dorian Strong. Interception? Dorian's going to be locked down this year because last year before he got hurt, the receivers he went up against, including Ollie Jennings, I mean, he got got like twice against the ODU, but when you're on an island, you're going to get got. It's just part of the game. It's how you respond. But, I mean, Bryce Ford, Wheaton, Zay Flowers, he held his own against all of them, and then he got hurt. So I think this year Dorian Strong is going to be the anchor on the defense in the secondary. I like that prediction, and I like you going with a defensive guy. You got someone today? I got a couple. I'm going to go. I'm gonna start on offense. I'm going to piggyback on uh, Lane. I feel like he's got the potential to break out, especially with the way we're going to move more towards an RPO system. He's going to be the guy that kind of makes that engine run from a passing perspective. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do. On the defensive side, give me Kelly Lawson, breakout yep. yes, player yes. of the year. <laughs> I am looking for him to take a big step this year. And if he does, the defense is going to pop. Yeah, and Kelly Lawson's a guy they're already talking about. Marv talked about NFL potential. Once you start hearing that, it gets you excited. And let's be honest, with Tech the last couple years, draftees, guys like being high draft picks, that's not something we've talked a lot about. So having a guy like Kelly Lawson who you, you're kind of eyeing as that next like draft prospect, that's someone to watch for sure. I hope that it lives up. He's still... He can put on a lot more size. Like he's still like skinny for being huge. He's six foot six or something. But I like that pick. Sam, yeah, did me, you did you give me a guy? I gave you Jalen Lane. Oh, Jalen Lane. Um, That's I, right. I think the defensive backfield in general this year is maybe the best position group on the team. Uh, running back, I really like, but they got to stay healthy. Um, but yeah, the defensive backfield looks really good. I mean, people strong. Canteen is a guy we haven't talked about coming in. He's been really successful. Yeah. Uh, he was at Georgia State, I believe. So they've been talking a lot about Canteen. They've on been the talking defensive. about him a lot. Yeah. So I think the defensive backfield, you could see a big increase in 
just consistency game to game. And one last thing on that running back stuff we're talking about, coming from FCS, think about guys who leave college and get drafted in the NFL and then are awesome in the pros. There's no more bigger level up than college to pro, and guys can, as rookie running backs, we've seen it again and again, they're huge contributors. They're talking about my Eagles wanting to take B. John Robinson at number 10 because it could push us over the top. And so I think with running back, it's just one of those things. I'm so looking forward to tooting this year and, and seeing what he can do. Just talking big picture with the spring game, I talked about the position groups and asked you guys about those, but is there anything in particular you need to see today to – say, okay, we're going to win more than three games next year. <laughs> Is there something that you're looking for, whether it's the way a, a group plays, coaching, anything, what, just anything that you can think of? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Uh, let's, let's get separation for the wide receivers. If the wide receivers can get separation, make throws easier for the quarterback, that's going to go a long way for us having success in the passing game. That's, that's a great one, and I think I actually – that's what I was talking about with Robbie on our podcast not too long ago. I need to see that separation. We need to make it easy on these quarterbacks who no one's lighting it up, right? Give them, we need to give them all the help they can get. Go ahead, Dan. I need to see yeah, separation, and then I also need to see the offensive line give both Grant and Drones time so we can actually see true quarterback competition because if one of them is just scrambling for their life, running for like trying to – save their ass and we're not going to see shit you and me? well if you remember the white team last year i believe jason brown was their quarterback. Horrid. he could he couldn't pass had, at all he had no shot he had no chance zero shot they and so hopefully today the teams are a little bit more even and we're going to ask sam in our next segment to kind of give us some props for the game but yeah we need to see protection and it's weird because you want to see a pass rush but you also want to see protection and that's the balance of the spring game but you can usually kind of tell as the game goes on like okay that group played well that group didn't pat did you have a a choice for something you want to see today to make you feel better going into the next season i want to see some aggressiveness from the defensive line you know I, i feel like so many times we were not putting enough pressure on the quarterback and we weren't forcing enough bad decisions and obviously you know when they're going against our own offensive line, it's like, well, we want to see more protection from them too. But uh, I, I think we really do need to see some more explosiveness from the guys coming around the edge. No, I, and an aggression is something that can be shown in a spring game. You're not going to hit guys after the whistle or knock their helmets off potentially, but like you need to see, yeah, you want to see aggressiveness. You want to see them run into the ball. Any final observations before we end this segment? This sounds kind of weird, but like aggressive play calling, like I don't want to see a bunch of 32 dives out there. <laughs> Um, Billy says they're only running six plays today. <laughs> I mean, they probably are. Uh, I mean, you're probably yeah. working with like two or three pages of the playbook. Yeah. It's going to be vanilla. It, and that's okay, but let's make it a really good vanilla. Facts. Yeah. Vanilla can be really good. I, and I'm with Sam Exciting on, vanilla. Well, Andy Bitter and Chris Coleman, they were on TSL earlier this week talking about the spring game, and I felt like it was getting beaten into my brain how much this is not a game and how much it doesn't matter. And, and basically, if any guy has like an ankle twist, they're just like, shouldn't play. That annoys me to no end. This is an opportunity to be on a stage, see how these guys react under the lights, all that kind of stuff. And I, I'm with Sam. It, you need to show me something. I need to see some short tackling. I need to see clean blocks. I need to see guys breaking those tackles. It's, this is such a good opportunity to learn how these guys perform on a stage, and I don't like it when it's taken lightly. And I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the minority here, but I was so tired of hearing it. I love Andy. I love Chris. But – 
don't don't dumb down a spring game. I love yeah. the spring game. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think we'll all be disappointed if we see nothing but a dive, a little quick out to the tight end, and then a, a deep ball. Like, yeah. give me something different, a little, little something. Yeah. You know, don't show the whole playbook, but give me something to get excited about. Absolutely. Sounds kind of lame, but, like, have fun out there. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> like, this should be the most fun game we watch. It should be balls to the wall, throw the ball deep, blitz every play, have fun out there. Uh, give people a show. People drove down here, spent a lot of money, come down here to support the team. Put on a show for him. Yeah, and if we can learn anything from the women's basketball team and Kenny Brooks and all those girls, they made it fun. They, they just made the sport fun in a time when sometimes that's not – it sounds corny, but that's not what happens all the time. And so I, you're right. Have some fun out there. I think we can see some aggressiveness, though. When I was at open practice, you couldn't touch the quarterback, but – I mean, Antonio Cotman got yelled at by Pryford, like, stop touching the quarterback. I want to see that type of dog. Like, make them tell you to chill out. Like, I want that. Bring right. that shit. No, and, and I'm with you. Like, I think years ago they, they were talking about how someone hit Michael Vick out of bounds in a spring game. And I don't want to see any of that. No, but I do want to see <laughs> I do want to see some hits. I do want to see some hits. Intelligent recklessness. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Pat, that was, that was well put. We're going to cut it off there, take another break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Hot mic, hot mic. Hey, bada 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 bada, swing bada. Hey, bada 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 bada. <laughs> Welcome back to our third segment of the Sharkies Sons of Saturday, and all the fun podcasts here. We have the fun segment. We have the let it fly segment. But before we let it fly, we got some new guests up uh, during this third segment. We have Ed Williams. Yeah! Woo-hoo! Ed Williams. There you hear the, the, uh, the audio. People are hooting and hollering for Ed over here. I'm pretty fired up about it. I've got a, I've got a little crowd, yeah. Ed Williams is from the Sons of Saturday Hoops pod. He does a fantastic job commentating on basketball. We got Sam Jesse from the Locks of Saturday. Yeah! Sam looks different than his pictures on Twitter. I, I hope in a good way. He's prettier. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We have an unsung hero. The mask has been removed from Spider-Man over here. Dan, a.k.a. Treadmill Horse. What's going on, Treadmill Dan? Horse is in the house. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. If y'all ain't following this man on Twitter, please go do it. He puts out some great fucking tweets. And when he walked up to me, he did not introduce himself as Dan. He was like, hey, I'm Treadmill. I'm Treadmill Horse. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Horse, our guy. And, and then, Ms. Horse. And Mrs. Horse. And then, of course, we have JT, a.k.a. Tally Bands, Listen, up here on this panel. The, do not take shots with Jeremy. The, Jam- the Jameson is kicking in, and I'm hot, and my glasses is fogged up. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I can't see. So I took a shot, and then I said, hey, what are you drinking? Let me have something to chase this with. It was more Jameson. There we That's go. That's all I'll say. There we go. And then this, uh, if you didn't already know, this is Pat Finn uh, in the captain's chair for this final segment on this Saturday. Okay, so we're going to be talking tailgating. We're going to be talking eating and drinking. We're going to be talking all that good stuff. Hokey Twitter. We got five Hokey Twitter studs up here, so uh, we'll be talking about that too. So the first question is for Sam Jesse over there. Sam, locks the Saturday guy. Give us an over-under for the point total in today's game. What are you thinking? All right, so thought a bit about this, and if you aren't aware, the format for the game today is going to be regular four 15-minute quarters. 
running clock in the second half, so they should get a lot of time out there. Over under for the game, crunched the numbers, looked at it. I'm going to set it at 31 and a half. What are we feeling? Last year's score was like, what, 21-17, something like that? It's low. It's low, but, I mean, what are we expecting to see today? Because probably going to get drones and wells in the first half, maybe a little bit of drones in the second half, but probably won't see wells in the second half. So what are we feeling? 31 and a half. Always take the under in the spring game. Always. It's always a low-scoring game every single time. That's sharp. Yeah, the defense is definitely ahead of the offense, I would say, in terms of experience. I agree. Getting ready for the year, so I'll hammer the under there. I love that you just made these lines up yourself. It's phenomenal content. <laughs> hey, sounds, uh, sounds like we're pretty unanimous on hammering the under in the spring game. I got a couple other props for you, if Let's you're interested. So, Grant Wells, over under nine and a half completions today. He had eight last year with a couple of big plays, though. Over under nine and a half for Grant Wells. How many completions to the other team? That does not count, but we'll get to that in a second. All right, my bad. <laughs> Any other props, Sam? Yeah. Well, hammer the under on everything, including completions. <laughs> well, okay, so. Ky- Kyron Drones, seven and a half completions. Under. 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 I hope we see him run a bit. <laughs> the I expectations are very low from this panel. <laughs> All right, I'm not even going to do passing yards then. Uh, do we get 200 passing yards in total in the game? Yes. Yes. We will. Okay. There'll be there'll be a couple long plays. We'll go with that. Alrighty. Turnovers. One and a half. Over under one and a half turnovers. I think over. you over. Yeah. You always get over. a couple turnovers in the spring game. I think we'll get two or three. All right. You, what do you got, Ed? I'll go under. We'll go under there. I mean, I would hope that the quarterbacks aren't under too much pressure, and as a result, don't turn it over. So we'll go under. We'll go with one, but not two. One. Okay. I would like to see only one. Uh, maybe like a nice diving interception somewhere. No fumbles. Ball security is drop security. All right. This is a fun one. First play of the spring game. Rush or pass? We'll get the juice onto rush at like minus 150. If you aren't familiar with betting prices, that means that it is favored. Rush or pass? What, what about punt or field goal? What are the odds? Like plus 900? I don't, it's, this is a, a two-way market, but uh, we, can, we can do first drive props. We can do all that. Pat, Pat, Pat has them punting on first down. <laughs> yeah. I've been chatting with Stu Holt. He's going to punt on first down. I think it's going to be rush up the mid- middle to Basial Tootin. Rush by Tootin on the first play. I like that. Thank you, Rush. Rush first yeah, play. Rush by Malachi Thomas. <laughs> I'm going to switch it up. I think we're going to see a play-action pass first play. Play-action pass, five-yard out route to the tight end. Um, I think that's what we're going to see first play. Which tight end? Nick Gallo. Maybe, maybe, maybe Nick Gallo. Is Wright hurt? Is Wright playing? I think Wright's good to go. Okay. Um, but, you know, I don't, we'll, we'll see today. It's, it's always tough with injuries in the spring. A lot of times I keep that under wraps. Or if a guy's just feeling a little off, they won't play him today. So we're not – I don't think there's going to be a hard and fast injury report for today until right before kickoff. Definitely. And that's all I, that's all I got for any uh, degenerates out you there. You said that's all but, you uh, got. That was a lot. You, you had a lot of stuff right there. That I can I can get I can get you more. We can do a little uh, side sports book here when we get off the mics. Y'all better put this man on FanDuel. This dude ain't playing. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Fantastic uh, props thrown around there. All right, so we're gonna move this discussion over to the Twitter sphere. There's been a lot of different personalities or personas here up on this panel. It begs the question: If there's something big that happens in Hokie Nation. 
which outlet and or Twitter person are you looking for a reaction from first? Dan, we'll start with you. All right, there's, there's a bunch. I mean, since he's here, I always look at what Hokey Pharmacy had to say. He had to take a little bit of vacation from Twitter. I like his opinions on things. <laughs> I look to Pete. So Pete always has really good opinions. Like, obviously, the Suns, like, whatever the Suns have to say. Uh, Billy and Pat, I listen to them. Like if, like, if it's something really big, OX doesn't always, like, chime in. But if it's something big, I, I listen to OX. Yeah, I mean, I'd say those are the big ones. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm trying to see like a lot of perspectives, like big accounts, small accounts. I just want to see what everyone's saying and just kind of get a get a feel for what the fan base is thinking. Tally, you look like you're ready to uh, to jump in here. Man, I, I was just listening. I was trying to listen to what everybody had to say. Um, I guess if it if it comes down to it, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a space, and I'm gonna hear from user five seven nine three seven eight in the in the Twitter sphere how bad we suck and. How nothing is going right, but nah. If I'm if I'm if something goes on, I'm probably gonna look at uh, Don V. I'll look at Don V's tweets. I'll look at Pete. Pete and Don V is probably the most controversial that you can go at because <laughs> Pete doesn't give a damn. Like he knows how to stir people up. I like that. Um, treadmill, treadmill horse. I, I I like seeing treadmill horses stuff as well. So probably my three would be uh, Pete, Don V, and, and treadmill. Got to give some big respect to Pete here. The man. Hey, big big time Pete uh, helped get this set up here. But Pete is always bringing data to the table. Always bringing data, which I absolutely love. And it always stirs up some good, uh, some good discussion. Sam, it looks like you're ready to jump in. Oh, shoot. Well, I would say on a, on a more serious football level, Dwight Vick is, is really informative. Oh, yeah. And I think oh, yeah. he does a great job of giving an informed opinion but also like letting his fandom talk a bit right so i like that and then of course diablo fan account i mean if, if tech has a win i'm refreshing twitter for that video edit because i, I know personally that he has it locked and loaded for every situation yeah that was gonna be my answer as well i go straight for the memes straight for diablo wish he could be here today but uh yeah he's he's my number one seed for sure but for you know real content we are as a fan base pretty blessed to have a lot of awesome content creators so there's never a shortage of virginia tech content on the timeline yeah, got to shout out Will and Chris uh, and all the folks over at TSL. There's always good stuff coming from over there. Billy Ray's over here, and he always has some type of content going out, whether it's, hey, we're getting too excited, or hey, you guys need to calm down. They be so pissed at Billy. <laughs> People be so pissed at Billy. For no there's, nothing, there's nothing like when Billy puts out like a, a two-minute monologue. In the car, <laughs> always in the car. In, in the, hey, you know, I'm, I'm on my me. way to this place, and I just had to, I saw some nonsense going on on the TL, and I had to just say something. Somebody messaged me and asked me, does Billy have a job? <laughs> I said, I don't fucking know. <laughs> this is They're it. Like, whenever something goes on, he is breaking news. He's on it. And if y'all have not met Pat, he has probably the most perfect teeth I've ever seen. <laughs> just letting y'all know. And he's taller than I thought, too. I am single, ladies. He's single. I bet he's smart, too. I did not pay Tally for these endorsements, but I do appreciate them. Yes, sir. All right. He did. This is a fun one, especially on a weekend like spring game weekend when so many... A cast of characters comes into town. You never know who you're going to run into. Who is the coolest person slash player slash hokey that you have met 
or you might still be looking to meet during this trip in Blacksburg. So who's the coolest person that you've gotten to, to chill with here this weekend so, for, so far, or, or even just maybe it wasn't this weekend, but someone that you've gotten to talk to that is just an awesome guy, awesome so, gal. I'll start with this. Camp Chancellor's at the bar, and Camp Chancellor's pretty cool to meet. So I don't know if he's still pretty, there, but that's pretty good. he's a pretty nice hokey. Is he here now? Uh, well, he was here before this segment started, so he was up at the bar. So that's cool. Like, Cam's really cool. Tyrod's really cool. Um, Brandon Flowers, D'Angelo Hall, met those guys. are really cool. I actually got to talk to Devin Wilson last night from the basketball team. Devin's super nice, super nice on Twitter, great guy. So for me, those are, like, big names that I've talked to before who are, like, super nice guys, really cool. Yeah, Devin's the man. He's an awesome Hokey. Good, good follow on Twitter as well. Um, I met Michael Brewer yesterday. He's a really nice guy at the for those to come golf tournament. That was a really good time. Got to play with Wyatt Teller. He's he's hysterical. That guy's awesome. Um, but yeah, just met some cool people at the tournament yesterday at the event last night. So hopefully I meet some more people later today too. Yeah, Wyatt is awesome. He's a hoot and a half. The Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns legend. Uh, Michael Brewer met him last night. Awesome guy. Great to have him back in Blacksburg. I mean, talk about like a cult hero in Blacksburg. That guy. What a warrior on the field. You see him in Where's person. Where's like, You're like, I cannot believe that dude was taking hits in the pocket. Uh, one has me shout out the Edmonds brothers, who are always around. They're always personable, really nice guys, especially for current players. Like, unbelievable how kind those guys are and how excited they are to be back in town at almost every opportunity. Tyler. It's on me. Man, listen, I done gave everybody a shout-out. First of all, I want to say shout-out to Wyatt Teller for beating the allegations, the Jeffree Star allegations. That was not Wyatt Teller, just to let y'all know. was not my guy. But uh, I have not met a lot of people that I'm going to meet because I got caught up at the casino last night uh, shooting craps with James. I don't know who James is. Bristol. I was in Bristol, man. It wasn't even done. They just let me in. They said, we're still building it. Come on in. Spend money. But uh, later on, I'm going to meet Dwight, uh, Brendan Hill. Uh, but from the people I meet, Drift's pretty cool. Drift is outside. From, shout um, out to Drift. Yeah, shout out to Drift. Uh, I can't say I met B. Fish because he's late. He just walked in. Dan. He I, is alive. That's B. Fish. He is alive, everybody. Um, Jeremy. I, again, I've been in a group chat for like four years. And this is my first time seeing people in real time. Billy is bigger than he than I thought he was. So all of you people on Twitter, you better leave him alone. Because if he catch y'all in food line, he probably going to kick your ass. Leave him alone. That's a big dude, man. Shout out to Dan as well. Pete, everybody, man. I'm just happy to be here. It's a beautiful day. Y'all look like y'all eating good. I got some wings ordered. We feeling good. We good to go, man. Wonderful Bands. day. Wonderful day. My shout-out goes, and I'm surprised I haven't heard it yet, David Wilson. Did anyone get to talk with him last the, night? The, the backflips were awesome. Yeah. David Wilson is absolutely hysterical. Like, that guy is so much fun. He was doing backflips last night. He was performing last night. And I was like, hey, David, you know, I know when you were here, you ran up on top of Castle. He was like, you know what we need to do? I want to do it again, and we should get like a crowd and like sell tickets. <laughs> so, but uh, d- hanging out with David Wilson was uh, definitely a highlight of the weekend for me. So I was fired up that he was in town. All right, 
tailgate time. We're, uh, we're almost there. I know you guys are trying to tailgate today. Best and favorite tailgate food and drink. I'll start this we'll start right quick. I'll start this. So one of my first games that I came up here was in 2016. I came to the Miami game. It was on a Thursday night. Now I'm from Alabama. I'm a big dude from Alabama, right? So I go in this tailgate with one of my buddies that I know, and the first thing that somebody from, I don't know, pick a town in Virginia, he's like, oh, we eating bear. I was like, bear? Like, what does it taste like? He was like, it tastes like bear. So I ate bear, and it tasted good. I probably won't eat it any again, but that's the best, the best food that I've tasted because it's different. Like, I eat all kinds of shit from Alabama. Pig feet, pig tails, pig toes, whatever. So, moonshine. I got some peach moonshine outside. That's probably going to be the best drink of the tailgate. Dan. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit, like, <laughs> a little bit weird here. But my pregame ritual is, like, me and my wife, every time we're in town, we go to Tots and we get a Top Shelf Rail. If, yes. you, if you haven't gotten a Top Shelf Rail, top you've got to go. It's $30, so it's not cheap. But it's worth it. It's awesome. Every time I'm here for a game, go to Tots, Top Shelf Rail. You got to do it. He's rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got to say, we did an article on, on Sons of Saturday.com last summer, I believe it was, ranking the uh, top 20 tailgate foods. And number one that people voted in was just fried chicken. And I think there's just something about, like, a little bit of grease on your hands at a tailgate eating fried chicken is just the best tailgate food on earth. Uh, as far as drink, it totally depends on the weather. 100% depends on the weather. But uh, a pitcher of like, what is this? We got but, but Miller Light. Pitcher of Miller Light. Nice and refreshing. Basically hydration with water. So yeah, it's healthy. So I got to go with that. Yeah, for the early season, uh, warm weather games, absolutely Miller Light. Later in the year when it gets cold, you can mix in some bourbon, stuff like that. Shout out to Jeremy. Um, as far as food, anything off the grill, burgers, hot dogs, sausage, chicken, anything that someone made at the tailgate is always a go-to. If you got a grill at the tailgate, that's a, that's a winner. You're, you won the day already. You did your job as a fan if you showed up with a grill to the tailgate. My favorite tailgating drink. I think when I think of fall and football, I think of like bourbon and whiskey. Uh, yesterday we played in the uh, the golf tournament and they had Jack and Coke in a can. Fire! It was awesome, and I was having a sip of it. I was like, I feel like I'm, I feel like it's fall. So that's probably my favorite drink. And then I like buffalo chicken dip, man. Buffalo, any oh, dips, yeah. any dips are uh, are what I'm gonna be looking for out in the lots after this. All right, this next we got two more questions here. I feel like this was put in here specifically for the man to my left. Is Enter Sandman an appropriate music choice at the tailgate? Who is listening to Enter Sandman at the tailgate? Come on, man. I understand. Enter, Enter Sandman is a great pregame ritual. But ain't nobody listening to that at the tailgate. Is anybody listening to it at the tailgate? Enter Sandman. Hey, y'all listen to Enter Sandman at the tailgate? <laughs> He lying. <laughs> Wait, man, you gotta put on some little baby. We can go back to some old school. I'd rather listen to Temptations than Enter Sandman. I'm gonna calm down. I listen to Enter Sandman on repeat at the oh tailgate. Oh my god! All He's tailgate also long. drinking Top Shell rail, Rails too. I, He's spending thirty dollars on Rails. 
That's rich people stuff. <laughs> Normal people ain't doing that. Yeah, I'll even tell you, as a huge Metallica fan in general, I don't even listen to Sandman at the tailgate. You gotta wait. Thank it's you. gotta be that one moment, and then you're done with it. We don't need to play it through the rest of it. It's gotta be that one special moment, and then you're done with it. Yeah, it's very situational. I will, I only want to hear it one time that day, and it better be a win after that. Well, I will say this too. I think Inner Sandman follows me because I have um, I have Sirius Radio, and I'll be listening to like the R and B station, and Inner Sandman will come on. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what, where did this come from? So I guess I got to like the song because it's showing up everywhere. So, Country music at the tailgate. All right. Country music. Back in the day, we had to sneak alcohol in the Lane Stadium before they started serving beer. What was your method of sneaking it in? Just throw a couple airplane bottles in your pocket. That's it. Real simple. So what? What Pat really wants to know was who was sticking bottles up the butt. Oh, Somebody oh. was doing it. Uh, flask in the boot is a good move. Oh, yeah, that's good. Big boots, that's it. Yeah, that the, the, bit, the like, boot is the easiest the move. Yeah. Put a flask in there, and you're good to go. What about you, Pat? All, all the above, man. All the above. I did, Pat, I, I didn't do, do that. I, I was, a, what I was a good said, in college. I didn't do that, though. <laughs> so Pat was not sticking bottles up his butt. <laughs> All right, on that note, that's, that's about all the time we have here at Sharky's. But we wanted to thank everyone for coming out. If you were listening, wanted to thank our friends at Sharky's Blacksburg. It's where good friends go. Woo. We absolutely love it. Got to give a big shout-out to Pete, man. Pete yeah, put all this on. Shout-out, Pete. Put a lot shout of, out to Pete. A lot of work into this, man. Appreciate you, Pete. So uh, for Sons of Saturday, Boundary Corner, Tales from the Terror Dome, Too Deep. Two deep's the reason we're here, man. <laughs> Signing off, go Hokies. Enjoy the day, and uh, we'll see y'all out in the parking lots and out in the fields. And let's win ourselves a spring game. Yeah. Woo! Go Hokies! Go Hokies. <laughs>